0: I think the time for heroes, you know, like Gandhi, uh, Martin Luther King, or even Kennedy is gone. I think the time now is for the corporations. Mm-hmm. I think this is where the transformation is coming from. And and, and I, that's why I was so excited on coming to speak with you, because I actually think that world can lead the way. This is where the power is. So power plus care will contribute to the transformation of the world.
1: Welcome to the Fueling Deals Podcast, the podcast that teaches how to accelerate your business growth through all types of deals. It's time to fuel up, so buckle in with your host, Corey Kupfer. There are only two ways to grow your business, organically through sales and marketing and providing great products and services, and inorganically through deals. Too many companies focus only on the first way, organic growth. Welcome to the podcast, which will help accelerate your business growth inorganically. My guests are a huge variety of dealmakers and experts on all types of deals who have personal experience that can help you grow, get clear, learn best practices, and avoid mistakes. We discuss everything from large, complex mergers and acquisitions to smaller deals that you can do even without significant capital. My guest today is Sophie McLean. Sophie is a French citizen born in Algeria, educated in Morocco and France, with a professional career in the USA and the UK. Sophie has had an eventful life. She's been a helicopter pilot, a teacher, a designer, a relief worker, a war refugee, and a CEO. She's been shot at, shipwrecked, and widowed. She's lived on a farm, a boat, a penthouse, and an ashram. I got to tell you something, before we even go further with the, with, with, with the video, no matter what she's talking about, I'm already interested, so I hope you are too, because um, <laughs> that, background, that background alone, as a wisdom teacher, Sophie has spent decades uh, leading transformational seminars to over 80,000 people around the world of all ethnicities, ages, uh, religions, and social backgrounds, all engaged in the universal uh, existential question of who and what am I? And what is my life about? Now, I had the pleasure. Uh, this is not in a bio, but I'll jump in. I had the pleasure of uh, taking one of these seminars with Sophie 20 years ago. Um, so I can definitely vouch for her uh, amazing work there. Uh, now, after seven years in France, Sophie McLean is in New York to begin act three of her life, speaking, consulting, writing and teaching courses and online seminars. Within the Framework of Access to Awareness. Her seminar topics span both human and metaphysical dim- dimensions, deconstructing automatic ego, consciousness, freedom, love, stress, anxiety, fear, relationships, health, sex, money, ownership, spirituality, creation and evolution, the feminine and the masculine, being responsible and making a difference in the world and being effective at it. Of her transformational teaching style, Sophie says, I engage people in a rigorous review of their life and systematic questioning of their conclusions on the basis that without examining our network of ideas, beliefs, social and cultural judgments, and our assumptions about the world, those are transformed into constraints. My interest in the, the nature of what it means, uh, my interest is in the nature of what it means to be human. And that's an interest of mine as well. And, uh, 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 What I think you're going to love is how um, we're going to tie that into deals because uh, uh, there is a relationship which you may not yet see. Uh, Sophie's new book, The Elegance of Simplicity, is a compelling, thought-provoking work of autobiographical fiction, one that communicates life-altering concepts, proposing an effortless pathway to awareness. It is a deeply honest and dramatic story of self-discovery about what is possible when you take responsibility own your power and become one with life. Uh, definitely listen check out the bio on the show notes uh the full bio is there. Uh I am so excited to have Sophie on the show. Welcome.
0: Thank you Corey. It's great to be here.
1: Well listen uh you know like I said I mean I uh you know it's funny we we reconnected Sophie and I just uh in the last year or two when uh she came to the National Speakers Association meeting uh I hadn't seen her since I had taken that amazing um, program with her about 20 years ago. Uh, and I'm excited to have her on the show and talk about what she's doing now and how some of these concepts of um awareness and self discovery and uh you know relate to everything in our lives, including deals. But before we go there, uh, I want to take you back, Sophie, and um, uh, to when you were a little girl growing up eight, ten, twelve 10, 12 years old. Uh, what did you want to be? Because, um, my guess is it may not be, you know, you know, you might not have thought back then that your life would be uh, ending up where it is now, but who knows? Uh, So what do you want to be when you're a little
0: girl? (laughs) Uh, Corey, I actually wanted to be, until the age of 12, I wanted to be an ambassador. I Mm do not know why. I had the vision to go traveling the world and uh, talk about um, peace and, <laughs> and uh, making people agree with each other until I was 12. And then at 12, I had a, a gift, a, a one of those moments when, when you don't know where it comes from, but it alters your life forever. And I had an experience of the illusion of the material reality of the life as we know it. And then my life was never the same after that.
1: Wow. So, well, we're going to get into that more, I'm sure, in in uh, later discussions. But before that, one other question about the past. I mean, now mm-hmm. you know you are, uh, uh, you know, a writer and a speaker and doing courses. Uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, what what was your first real business, however you define that?
0: Oh, my first real business was when my husband passed. I was 28, and he was the owner of uh, Oxford airport in england there was 800 employees we sold and bought planes and helicopters and we trained pilots and my husband died very suddenly and uh, he was older than me and uh, i had to take it over um so from somebody that uh, i was designing jewelry at the time and then in uh, one week after my husband's passed i took over the airport for two years until i sold it
1: wow Wow, what a, what what an experience! So, um, so you ended up uh, taking over business and, and selling it. So, let's talk a little bit about um, that a little later. But first, I want um, you know we we definitely gave some information about you in the bio. But um, tell us a little bit more about you know exactly what you're doing now and who are the types of people you work with, and then we'll sort of go back to that deal experience and discuss that.
0: Well, uh, Corey. For the last eight years, I went on a spiritual quest. Right? I I withdrew from the world and and um, stopped leading seminars and working as I was. And I literally went on a spiritual quest, thinking, you know, I'm getting on with age. I'm nearly uh, sixty. I'm fifty nine. And um, and uh, I thought, you know, that would be it for me. I would write books and and engage in a awareness for myself. But there is this strength in me, this kind of uh, um, energy that pushed me to go back. And um, I had this Profound conviction that it is possible to create a new culture for humankind, and that it is time to do it. Because I did um, trained as a philosopher, and I did my um, thesis on Homer in the Iliad and Odyssey. And if you that was eighth century before Christ, and human being has not evolved since then. Everything else has technology, medicine, um, everything else has except human being. And we have now such a technology at our, what's the word? We can use so much technology and it's so powerful that it is now time for human being to transform and remember who they really are because uh, it's getting a bit dangerous. You know, The equivalent is giving uh, the key to your car to your five years old. You would never do that. and um, so I came back. I came back to New York. I uh, created a company. It's called Access to Awareness. And literally, this is all I'm doing. Um, I am educating people, teaching the teachers, coaching the coaches, leading the leaders. I am educating everybody that is interested in what is possible with awareness. And what is possible is shifting from surviving to being alive, you know, this is the, the big shift.
1: I love that, from surviving to being alive. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, I mean, it's something I really believe in. And it's, um, you know, it's, it's funny. I've been talking a little bit. I just got back from uh, uh, from uh, Sweden and I was up in the Ice Hotel, which is sort of a bucket list item for me. And, uh, and um, uh, you know, whether, whether it's just sort of pr- pursuing experiences like that or, you know, even the, the way I build and grow my business, mm-hmm acutely aware of how many people are just, you know, are going through the motions in life and aren't, um, and, 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 you know, there's some people who don't even believe they have the ability to affect their lives. And then even those mm-hmm. that do, um, you know, I don't think we realize the extent of human possibility.
0: That's right. And, 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 you know, you, when you said they don't even realize, for me, that's the key. That's exactly what you said. It's because if you're in survival you are reacting to a danger, right? So if you face with a lion, for example, you will either attack, run away, or freeze. So imagine being in survival mode your entire life, your entire day. then you have to make yourself unconscious to not experience the suffering that comes with the survival. So yes, people don't even know.
1: And it's interesting because, you know, some of the concepts I talk uh, about in my uh, authentic negotiating book, which comes from a very different place than uh, most negotiating training, which is all about tactics and techniques and counter tactics. And, you know, you say this if they say that, Uh, you know, the main things that I talk about are, uh, you know, that stand in the way, for example, of being a great negotiator are things like uh, being in your ego, fear, Mm. uh, scarcity, Mm. uh, you know, not, not, not owning your value, not feeling like you're enough, you know, Mm -hmm. all of this internal work. Uh, So I am very interested in the work you're doing because I believe, you know, when people do my negotiating stuff, they're sort of surprised that I, uh, that I'm coming from a, uh, you know, an internal place around, you know, your deepest feelings and fears and that kind of stuff as opposed to, you know, some tactical place. And um, it's fundamentally where I believe truth lies. So, um, you know, I'd love to get your, uh, you know, your thoughts on that.
0: Well, Corey, I I read uh, most of your book, preparing for uh, this conversation with you. I wanted to know um, what you believed. And I was so inspired because um, it's exactly the the work of awareness, right? So the whole world of survival is called the ego. Many people make a mistake about the ego. People think that the ego is being arrogant or being a jerk or being forceful, but no, the ego encompasses the whole of the world of survival. So you can very well survive by winning, you know, by um, we each in our survival mechanisms, we have a winning side and a losing side or a winning side and a destructive side. And I could hear you addressing all of it, right? So the source of the ego is fear and anxiety. This is fear arises when you cross the boundary of the known, you know, and certainty not knowing is very anxious and um. And uh, it's very frightening for people. So then the survival mechanism gets kicked in. So yes, inside of what you're interested in, right, the deal, if the source, the the beginning of the deal is inside of fear, then everything you talked about will ensue, like scarcity, doubts, wanting to prevail, wanting to win over the other one. And it will become survival, and that is damaging, very damaging. This is most of the world we live in, and this is a source of the unhappiness and and uh, suffering of people. <laughs>
1: And it's interesting, Sophie, because I know like it e- it may be easy for a lot of people to see uh the unhappiness and suffering in people who are live in parts of the world where they're starving mm-hmm. and you know war torn regions and et cetera um but you know in the quote unquote western world in the you know let's take you know uh where i am in the u- in the u s in the in the entrepreneurial mm-hmm. world where people are uh you know comparatively successful quote unquote uh uh, mm-hmm. In terms of obviously you know uh their financial situations and uh and being able to live in in a way that w- they might not be immediately threatened by let 's say war or, or famine or disease um mm-hmm. there 's a perception that uh you know they 're not in survival right um, mm-hmm. you, know, uh, you know and and uh, and i 've actually you know I even take entrepreneurs who are building businesses and doing deals um and they think uh you know and there may be a perception that oh look, this you know person just did this you know acquisition or joint ventures mm-hmm. company's growing you know uh mm-hmm. that is so far from being in survival uh, yeah, yeah. uh but but yet uh I think you might have a different view of it, yes.
0: I have that's what I was talking. You see this winning side of survival the the like you if you make a deal, if you prevail, if you make money, then you feel good because you won right and but we live in a world of duality. The survival world is a world of duality so so then, in the next moment or the next days or the next weeks, you will have the consequence of having had that survival. So so it, it all comes with the um, unconsciousness about money, right? People do not know what the source of their relationship to money is. Is it the ego or is it yourself, capital S? And that is what will make the whole difference. Because if it is the ego with a winning and losing mechanism, then your entire life will be about money, that you are poor or that you are rich. Your entire life will be about money. And I don't care what anybody says. I love money like everybody else. I love luxury. I love being comfortable. But my life will never be about money because it is too small. (laughs) Money is a human creation. It's not real. It's a collective agreement. So if you make your life about money, then you will suffer.
1: No, that's fascinating. I mean, this is something I've studied a lot, Sophie, and I love you bringing it up because um, the, uh, you know, yes, money is a social construct, right? It's made up. So we can give it any mm-hmm. meaning we want or no meaning at mm-hmm. all. Uh, and one of the things that shifted my relationship to money, uh, and I did a lot of work around this, was some of Lynn Twist's work, um, you know, around the soul of money. And Lynn was the... Mm-hmm. Um, strategic, head of strategic funding, basically the head fundraiser for the Hunger Project many years ago when I used to be active in it, and I remember at that it was before Lynn had any of her books courses out, and there was I'm dating myself a bit, but there was a cassette tape that we that we had uh, of a recording of an NPR radio interview that Lynn had done, and we all like would copy this tape and and uh, and listen to it, and um and you know Lynn uh, talked about how. Uh, money is you know basically spiritual energy, and if you let it flow then it 's healthy if you if you hold on to it you know from that it kind of energy it sort of pools and it festers like like uh like stagnant water uh and um you know and she so i won 't get into all of her work but i, I got to tell you something that was i don 't know thirty five years ago or something and um Thirty years ago, and and it it was one of the things that started having me shift my relationship uh, to money, and between that and all the work, I've seen it in a different way, and and what it's caused me, you know, to happen for me is that it flows into and through my life to my highest ideals, which is a very different approach to money than most people have.
0: In- indeed, and you know, I'll quote Lynn, which I have met also, um, and. Uh, I have a lot of respect for, she said something also that stuck with me forever. She said, the, the purpose of wealth is the same as the purpose of your life. And that for me said, all right, well, there it is. You know, if my life is about making a difference, if my life is about people remembering who they really are, if my life is about ending suffering, this is what the purpose of money is for me. And 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 it can you imagine, Corey, if everybody asks themselves just that question. That's what awareness is, right? Just what is the purpose of my life? And I need to align the purpose of money with the purpose of my life. Then you will access the space of abundance naturally with no effort. Now, of course, you need to get clear on the purpose of your life, right? So it needs some. Internal self inquiry—you you can't just create it that way. Um, this is a work of awareness. That many, uh, fortunately, it's getting more and more common now that people are actually examining their life. So,
1: yeah, and and it's interesting to me. You know, I've I've seen so many of my uh, colleagues in business, uh, you know, grow their businesses, uh, do deals, grow them organically. Mm you know, be driven by various things to grow. And then, you know, they, they, they achieve their, let's say their monetary goal, mm-hmm. uh, or they don't, but, but let's take the ones that even do. And then they find themselves unhappy, right? They're running a ten mm-hmm. million, 50 million, hundred million dollar cup, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, they, they're sort of like, okay, great. Now what, right. What, you know, what, uh, what am I here for? And, um, you know, and, and it's, it raises two things. I mean, one last thing that Lynn uh, talked about a lot is, is how early in her years, she had the most trouble being compassionate for the rich because she was looking to raise money and they, you know, people wouldn't write a check, uh, to the organization and she would be like, you have a billion dollars. And what mm. she realized was it wasn't a matter of that. It was a matter of their relationship to money. Right. And, mm. and, you know, they had all kinds of, you know, just cause you have money doesn't mean you have a healthy relationship to it. And similarly, just because you have built a quote quote, successful business in terms of some metrics doesn't mean that, you know, it brings you joy or happiness or, you know, it's fulfilling for you in your life. And that's one of the reasons why I always, when people come to me to do deals, the first thing I ask them is why.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, that's what the Greek called the human tragedy, right? These constant lack that we experience it's never enough that is the source the the sign of the survival it's never enough so we always want more inside of the ego
1: yeah so so let's talk a a, a bit about so you know we've we've alluded here with and this affects every part of life right it affects you know i mean we we can obviously tie it to deals we can tie it to business but you know if you're not um if you know if you're in a place of, uh, of ego if if you if you're not in a place of awareness if you don't i mean listen my my wife just published a book called the calling it's all about finding your purpose right mm-hmm. um you know so it's it's in line with what what we're talking about here um so how do people go about? Because you know, so many people do live that unconscious life. So many people who are, you know, good good people and think, you know, and, and basically in our society, uh, following what our societal paradigms say, and and doing well at that game, and then find out that they're not really, you know, truly happy, or they're, uh, you know, um, still figuring out their purpose when they might have even financial success and wealth. How do people go about doing that? How do people get aware?
0: Right, well, the first thing is to be able to tell the truth, right? So so the, that is uh, always the first uh, step, Corey. It's exactly what you say. First, you have to say, tell yourself the truth. I, I might have a great life. I might have, um, it looks great from the outside, but I'm not satisfied. I am not fulfilled. And And the question that then arises, what is my life about? How come I'm not satisfied? And what is the meaning of it all? And what do I do now? That's where it starts to have the authenticity to ask yourself those questions. And then you look around, right? And fortunately, as much as we're dealing with uh, upheaval in the world and and war and suffering and and difficult thing to be with directly correlated to that side there is a groundswell movement about about people seeking awareness seeking the spiritual seeking um, um even physics with the quantum physics is is revolutionizing our view of the universe right so whichever way you want to do it you can start meditating you can go and see teachers you can uh, read books, there is so many things available at the Corey. It just depends, you know, like I, for example, I had I met with somebody yesterday that is um a businessman and he's very pragmatic, very logical. So I sent him towards quantum physics. You know, quantum physics is revolutionizing our view of the universe because instead of saying that everything is made of atoms, it says that, no, even atoms are made of consciousness. Everything is about consciousness. So he could hear this language. Um, people could come to me with access to awareness. I'm very pragmatic, very logical, and I teach. That means I literally teach. You know, I designed a one-year course, uh, five weekends uh, so that people can practice. I literally teach awareness. But there is many other ways, many other ways. And and your podcast is one of the ways, right? You have people think consciously. That's where it starts.
1: You know it's interesting that you raise the quantum physics thing because i i my listeners know this I've mentioned it on other upsides and I, I mentioned it uh, i think in in my book as well and and i you know it's it's been fascinating to me what's happened with that because as somebody who uh you know has studied uh Eastern spiritual philosophy uh, amongst other things and has done some meditation and understands you know to the level i do uh you know the conversation of consciousness mm mm-hmm look at, uh, what has happened. You know, there used to be this, uh, perceived, um, uh, split between spirituality and science right Mm -hmm. you know they they, they were supposedly on uh opposite ends of you know of a conversation um and now when you look at quantum physics and the fact that you know no we don't have matter like when i was a kid forget atoms when i was a kid we had mat it was supposedly matter and energy right you know like the Mm -hmm. table that 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 my microphone sitting on was matter well no that's Mm -hmm. energy energy in a different you know vibration right Mm -hmm. um yeah so so everything is energy and and so the coming together of this conversation of energy and consciousness uh science and spirituality is fascinating to me
0: it is because you know you, you you drop that then you see the whole thing as energy right emotions are energy feelings are energy everything is energy then you have access to so you are energy right so then you want to master that energy so that you can create what you want. It's very um, exciting for me to, to, to connect to all that because it's erase any victimization possible, you know, and I don't like being a victim in any way, shape or form. So when people can get the beauty of being responsible, meaning the source of their life, I find that elating.
1: And you know what's interesting? I think that concept is so appealing to entrepreneurs and business owners and business leaders because, you know, there is a uh, part of uh, most, uh, pretty much all of them that I know that uh, rejects the conversation of victim and believes in this concept of controlling your own destiny. Mm-hmm. But they, uh, in some cases where I think there's an ego part of that, like it, like they understand the concept, but they, they uh, or they believe in the concept, but it doesn't necessarily there's a deeper conversation uh, layer on it that I think some of them could um, you know benefit from.
0: I think you use the word that makes the difference between uh, conscious and unconscious. You use the word control. Mm-hmm. If you try to control anything, then you go to the world of the ego. You see the, the, the world of the spiritual, the world of consciousness, the world of awareness is letting go. This this is what gives you access to a spiritual life and an aligned life. And letting go has is not control.
1: And and the you know, the thing for me, uh, and I'd love your take on this because for me a big part of that conversation of the willingness to let go comes down to another word that I think is crucial here, which is the conversation of trust right? Um, like being, being comfortable, whether it's being comfortable in the unknown or, or, tr- or, or understanding that things are not linear. And, you know, if you get connected to, you know, I, I look at it as a source or inner truth or whatever you want to call it consciousness. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it, the path you are being shown or the energy that, you know, you're drawn to is very illogical in our yes. linear paradigm. And mm-hmm. so the ability to trust that, you know, for me, makes a big difference. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, it does. well, my thoughts is there is this golden rule that I obey uh, blindly, which is you always reap what you sow. Yes. So every single time I do not produce the results I wish to produce, I get to the source of it by being responsible and letting go, right? So before in my life, I used to use force. I am somebody that that I could use force and produce some results. So if a door was closed in front of me, I would take a hammer and and (laughs) destroy it. Right. But uh, as I that was long ago, Corey. Right. I'm now so aware. But little by little, I learned first that it was exhausting. Secondly, that it cost me a lot of my relationships and and cost me my self-respect. So as I moved through the years, I learned about this letting go, which is nothing like um You know, giving, it's not, uh, letting go is different than giving up for me. Letting go is literally going with the flow of life and versus going from what do I want to, what does life want from me? And what, when you connect to, at that level to, to what wants to happen There is no control to have. There is just going into that flow and then things arise naturally with abundance and ease and grace.
1: So what is it do you think, I mean, uh, you know, I have my own thoughts, but I'd love to hear it from you uh, on what, I mean, our whole. I'll just make a statement. You can tell me whether you agree with it and then, you know, uh, help dig into it. You know, I, I think our entire, the entire paradigm we live in is actually pushing, uh, Totally against everything you just said, you know. Whether it's the educational system, whether it's you know, you know, you know, you know what we're taught about in business about you know, you know, being analytical and hustling and you know, just putting at work and you know, breaking and busting down doors and all that stuff. So you know, what what has it be if you agree with that? What has it that that paradigm is in place? And and what you know, I mean, this is a big question, but you know, what is it going to take to shift that?
0: the The paradigm you know, I think Corey the paradigm is in place because at the beginning of time, if you look at uh, the animal kingdom and the plant kingdom, we need energy to survive, right, and we don't have an inner system of producing energy, we depend to the outside, so the plants depend on the sun and and the animal kingdom needs need to go and get the energy through food and water and so at one point that that model got shifted to the beingness of human being. Right? We are obviously part of the animal kingdom, and at one point, it became ontological. That means the same survival need for energy got transferred from physicalness to ontological, which is a realm of being. What it is to be a human being, like the the quantum energy, the spiritual energy. So we, we cut ourselves off from the spiritual, and then we left with this need for energy. And it's a feeding frenzy on each other. This is the last few centuries. If you look at human being, it's a feeding frenzy of domination, control, winning other people, trying to get more, trying to make it um and and it's now i I really believe it i it's I think it's now going to shift to um a, a new um revolution of spirituality because it's not working. so what is going to um cause that shift or allow for that shift is literally remembering who we are through awareness. This is all it takes. It's just to get the cost of the way we have been and just be uh, open in that leap of faith you're talking about to create a world where everything is possible for everybody.
1: I love that. Um, let me shift gears a little bit. So uh, you, you had mentioned uh, when we were talking about uh, earlier in the in the show about uh, the, the unfortunate passing of your uh, husband when you were young, and then you taking over this business and then uh, selling it a couple of years later. I don't know how far you were into uh, a lot of this work that you're doing now at that time. Um, but is there anything in terms of your experience of doing that deal? And- uh, yeah and, you know, uh, how this work might have played into it, or if if you weren't yep. as into it, you know, how you might have done something differently. What are your thoughts
0: on that? Well, I, I it's actually, um, uh, I wasn't at all uh, in the world of um, I am in now, but I was because my husband had values. Uh, for example, his company had a profit sharing scheme and all the employees benefited. And And he, he was the kind of person that, understood fundamentally that there was a possibility for everybody to win and that if only one person won and the other one lost, it would never work, right? So he actually trained me in it. So when he died, I um, had four stepchildren and he left me responsible for the entirety of the finance and the business, meaning I had every say in the matter. And, um, I wanted to honor him and what he stood for. Um, So, and I don't, I think it was really what drove me, but I managed to sell the airport. I refused five buyers because they would not take care of the employees the way my husband uh, had taken care of them. So it was very uh, frightening for me because I had those four stepchildren children and I was responsible <laughs> for them getting their inheritance. And, uh, and I didn't quite know what I was doing, but where I stood was integrity of respecting what my husband stood for. which meant everybody could win. And, you know, I uh, stood two years later. Uh, it was um, a company from Denmark came made an offer for the airport in Oxford, and they agreed to put in the contract that they will go on with a profit-sharing scheme and and do everything they needed to do for the employees. And what this is one of the things I'm most proud of in life is that um, I managed to sell the airport, take care of 800 employees and my four stepchildren with not one fight. Mm. and two months later the entire industry aviation industry crashed two wow. months later i know but the people that bought it had um enough fund to survive it but i would have never survived it by myself
1: oh so so it was yeah. it was perfect timing because not mm. only did uh obviously we were you able to sell it before it might have Actually, going out of business, even right, mm, but yeah. uh, but you know, but people kept their jobs, and, and 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 you had the right buyer in place who could uh, continue it even through the tough times.
0: And that comes back to what we were talking to you about aligning with what wanted to happen f- from from the universe, right? It, I promise you, Corey. I was twenty eight, widowed. Desperate, And I really didn't know much of what I was doing. The only place I stood was to honor my husband's work and deal with integrity and taking care of people. So I think there is a possibility of being in business, making deals, and even if with power and care. I think the distinction caring for other human beings, being aware enough to know that we're dealing with human beings with all their suffering and their fear and their anxiety and their hopes and their dreams, the two together is the answer for me, power and care.
1: Love it. Um, So tell us a little bit more about um, this uh, new book you have out, The uh, Elegance of Simplicity.
0: So I... I, um, didn't know how to come back into making a difference life and and come back into um, working so i thought a book would help and i started writing about my path from birth to where i am now um so i with an intention that people would understand the very design of the ego and my uh Principle in life is that um, you reap what you sow, right? And you, the more you give, the more you receive. So I always give everything. So in that book, I have put everything I've learned <laughs> throughout my life. And I've wrote it in, um, using the ancient art of storytelling so that people do, can get into the story as well. But mainly, it is a full description of the ego. And the way to get out of it.
1: Oh, I love it. And, and I got to tell you something, there's, there's so much for us to learn in life. And, but that, that single lesson, and, you know, just even understanding, as you said earlier in the, in the, in the show about even what the ego is, right. It's mm-hmm. not just that arrogance, etc. It's really this identity, right. That we have that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it could be a really a f- false identity and keep us from knowing our true selves. Um. You know, just uh, understanding that and then understanding how to come from a different place alone. If nobody ever learned anything else, that alone would make a big difference (laughs) in so many people's lives and and in the world and the world.
0: Yeah. 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 We'll get there. I don't know when, but people are waking up.
1: I, I believe that as well. I do. I believe that as well. And it's, and it's interesting because uh, my wife and I have these conversations all the time. And, uh, you know, she, like I am very aligned with your philosophy. And we've seen, uh, various challenges around the world and, uh, you know, uh, in the U S and elsewhere. And, uh, and it's easy to focus. Uh, you know, it'd be interesting to talk about that that for a moment as well, because it, it's so easy to focus on what's "quote unquote" going wrong, what's bad,
0: mm. the mm. suffering
1: people are, um, and at the same time, it is um, galvanizing a lot of people to uh, uh, to wake up. But even though, even some of those people, and I have a conversation with a lot of my activist friends, and I consider myself an activist, um, where they're often spending a lot of time fighting against mm. X. And their whole focus mm-hmm. is on that negativity is on that, that, that problem all the time. Yeah. You know, what, what are your thoughts on, uh, on that and how that relates to awareness as well?
0: Oh, that's very, You have such great question, Corey. I am, um, I had the same thought than you, right? Do I go and actually take action to help children in conflict zone or, or what is the best difference I can make? And the best difference one can make is to educate oneself in awareness, right? Because it starts where we are. That is the most impactful way to make a difference in the world. But also in parallel to that is, uh, I'm not saying to stop helping people, right? But help is limited and will not transform the very culture of what it is to be human. That is what will make a difference. A lasting profound difference is to actually get to the source of the suffering, not to deal just with the suffering. And then the other thing I want to say for people, because I have a lot of my students that have a lot of difficulty uh, watching the suffering of others, right? We're so privileged in the West. And when you look at what's happening in the world, your heart can sink. But there is a place to come from, and it's a place of love. And I'm not talking about feelings or emotions of love, but I'm This energy, this consciousness we were talking about, Corey. the the access to to consciousness is through the space of love. So wherever you are, there is love. It's the place you come from. This is what um, is the access to consciousness. And that is a way to be in the face of all this suffering. It's not to make it wrong, not to go against it, but to bring the space of love and again I want to stress it's got nothing to do with feelings or emotion it is really a stand you take and, and somebody said to me only light will dis- will make that uh, darkness disappear and and that bringing the space of love is what is needed this is what Gandhi did you know and it worked
1: no question and and, and you know and it's interesting for me because I think that um uh, you know, I look at myself as an activist, and and a lot of uh, some of my uh, uh, sort of on the ground activist friends uh, think that my um, role in business and being a lawyer and working with companies is actually you know against being an activist because they have a certain view, right? And uh, and, and you know, and each to their own. I have no judgment of anybody else, but I actually think you know, we, we I mean, companies play a big role in. Uh, Our world right and companies are fundamentally made up of individuals and Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, we see the move uh, of a lot of companies moving uh, into the socially conscious business space and we see a lot of the younger generation. Looking much more closely about the values and and the ways companies that operate, uh, and um, and whether it's through uh, their you know uh, corporate social policies outside how they treat their employees or how they do their deals, I actually think uh, that companies can make a big difference in this conversation.
0: Well, I not only agree with you, but I will go even further, Corey, because. I think the time for heroes you know like Gandhi uh, Martin Luther King or even Kennedy is gone. I think the time now is for the corporations. Mm-hmm. I think this is where the transformation is coming from. And 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 I, that's why I was so excited on coming to speak with you because I actually think that world can lead the way. This is where the power is. So power plus care will Contribute to the transformation of the world.
1: Oh, I love that. I love that, mm-hmm. Sophie. Uh, if people are interested, and I'm sure they will be, in 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 reading your book or hearing more about your your uh, course or how mm-hmm. you know uh, how to work with you, what's the best way for them to uh, find out more about you?
0: The best way is to go to my website. I've tried to design a, a website that is easy to see, but where, but where everything is there. So it's my name, sophie dot you will find everything there.
1: Oh, that's great. That's great. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they could find the book on all the usual.
0: There is not only the book, but there is also excerpt from the book and excerpt from the audio book. So excellent, and even have samples
1: excellent excellent so that's great um all right and and my my final question i always ask uh, on every every episode of the podcast which is uh uh you know kind of i mean it's it's uh, it's funny in this case i feel like it's everything we've been talking about already but i'll ask it anyway which is that you know one of my highest values is authenticity and for me authenticity is not some sort of external morals you know it's really this conversation of connecting to inner truth which i think is actually connected to source or you know, energy, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so uh, you know, one of the things I always uh, ask business owners is how they connect to, uh, you know, what, what authenticity means to them and how it impacts their uh, life and business decisions.
0: Okay, very good. Well, uh, the, my business, with Access to Awareness LLC, um, I make sure that my business is a material expression of my soul. Mm -hmm. so I um, am I have a profound experience of my uh, calling my life mission what I'm and I I don't care if it's true or not for the people that are a bit um, doubtful on this call even if I make it up this is my life mission I, I give my life for people to remember who they really are and every action and Program and uh, employee and speaking I take is consistent with my sole mission. And um, I sleep very well at night <laughs> and yeah. I have no, no stress and I have no attachment either. Uh, so it's, it, it works. I recommend it to everybody.
1: Yeah, you know, I I think uh, I mean we if we had time and we don't we could spend another thirty minutes or an hour just talking about that last thing you said about no <laughs> stre- no stress and no attachment because you know one I can't you know the far majority of people out there wouldn't even like don't even have a concept of what it would be like to have no stress. Um, mm. And second of all, you know, this concept of attachment and all the things we're attached to, whether it's physical things, whether it's, you know, uh, our view of ourselves, which is an ego conversation. So, you know, we, we can get into all that. But just uh, why don't you, um, I, I can't let that go by without, uh, you know, <laughs> re- I, acknowledging that there could be hours discussion on that. I'd like to at least have you expand on that just a little bit.
0: All right. Well, um, stress is a, uh biological reaction to fear and fear is confronting danger in the present so fear is very good Uh, fear is uh, you know if you get attacked by a rhinoceros you want to have fear stress and move fast that's great anxiety is thinking of what might possibly happen in the future. So it's a story. That is the illusion of the ego. And anxiety can also give rise to stress. But then it goes on and on and on and on. And that is when it's damaging because it's got an enormous impact on your biological body, right? So the delicious thing about awareness is that it has anxiety disappear because you don't live in the future looking at the past. Uh, awareness allows you to live in the present moment but moment so anxiety disappears stress disappears
1: i love that and, yeah. and, and folks uh, you know there's a uh, there's a much deeper conversation about that but i think that um I, I think it's another reason to check out sophie's work because uh i mean i know most people i know uh you, you know Uh, in fact many of the quote-unquote successful people i know live with a high level of uh of stress and and uh And I I think um, there's a deeper conversation on you know we we easily attribute stress to the fact oh that we're busy or we have these challenges Mm. whatever Mm -hmm. and it's a much Mm -hmm. deeper conversation on where really stress uh, comes from and Sophie just had the opportunity to touch on that a little bit so I think it's an incentive to definitely delve much more into our work uh, as well
0: and Corey Corey, if I can say something you know I'm uh, in my commitment to impact the world I've designed a one-on-one course uh, private for the uh, entrepreneur businessmen, leaders that wants to get the answer to that questions. Uh, I've designed it specifically for them because I believe that the world of business, corporation, and industry is going to lead the way. So do come and check my website.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's so perfect. Sobi, thanks so much for being on the show.
0: You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. I had a great time.
1: And thank you, Fooling Deals listeners, for tuning in. Remember, there's only one difference between companies that grow inorganically and those that don't, and it's unrelated to size, amount of capital, or any other factor, other than that the owners and executives of companies that do deals make a decision to do deals, and then they take action. It's time to refuel. So until next week, Corey Kupfer signing out. Thank you again for tuning in. Be sure to leave Fueling Deals a rating and review on iTunes and Google. Check out all our episodes at FuelingDeals.com to find out more resources to accelerate your business growth.